Hello, I'm Dr. Jonathan Barker, pastor here at Amazing Grace Baptist Church in Mount Airy, North Carolina. I would like to personally thank you for taking out time today to tune in to our preaching podcast. We hope that this message will be a great encouragement to your heart today. Luke chapter number 5, verse number 1 says this, And it came to pass that as the people pressed upon him to hear the word of God, he stood by the lake um, Gesaria and saw two ships standing by the lake, but the fishermen were gone out of them and were washing their nets. And he entered in one of the ships, which was Simon's, and prayed him that he would thrust out a little from the land. And they sat down and taught the and he sat down and taught the people out of the ship. And when he had left speaking, he said unto Simon, "Launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a draught." And Simon answered and said unto him, Master, we have told all night and have taken nothing. Nevertheless, at thy word, I will let down the net. And when they had done this, they enclosed a great multitude of fishes and their net break. And they beckoned unto their partners, which were in the other ship, and they, that they should that they should come and help them. And they came and filled both the ships uh, so that they began to sink. When Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees, or at Jesus' knees, saying, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. For he was astonished at all that were with him, and all that were with him, at the drought of the fishes which they had taken. And so was also James and John, uh, the sons of Zebedee, uh, which were partners with Simon. And Jesus said unto Simon, Fear not, from henceforth thou shalt catch men. And when they had brought their ships to land, watch this, they forsook all and followed him. They forsook all and followed him. And I want to talk to you just a little bit tonight about this miracle. Lord, I pray God that you'd help us tonight. God, you know the need of the service, and I pray, God, that your will and way would be done in it. I pray, God, that you'd bring back to our mind, Father, the things that we've studied. I pray, God, that you'd bring that back to our remembrance, Lord. And God, Father, may we get understanding from your word tonight. God, if there'd be anybody here lost, I pray, God, that you'd save them. In Jesus' name we pray, amen and amen. You can be seated. I want to look at this for just a little while tonight and I'll try to get through this miracle now. I, and I want to say this to you before I even start in this tonight. As we're looking at these miracles and we're going through some of these different miracles, uh, I'm not even scratching the surface at what all can be said about these miracles. Man, there is so much that can be said, but I, I'm just trying to give us a little overview uh, and learn a little something out of these miracles. So let's look at 
this one again tonight or tonight and see what we can learn from it. Now, like I said a while ago, I wonder what it would have been like that day to have been Simon. I've thought about this all day. What would it have been like to have been Simon that day or Peter that day and witness what he did that day? And uh, we do know that when we read the other accounts that they had told all night, they had caught nothing, uh, and now Jesus tells them uh, to let down their nets again uh, for a great drought. Now, that drought simply means, when you look that word up, it simply means to catch. And what he was saying is this, uh, we're fixing to catch a whole lot of fish. Now, I like fishing when we're catching uh, a whole lot of fish. Somebody say amen right there. I like fishing that way. I like going catching. I don't like going fishing. Are you with me right there? And if you ever go fishing with Brother Brent sitting back there and you're not catching, it's not a pleasant place to be on the boat, is it, Miss Melissa? But anyway, I'm just picking right there. We fished a lot together. But I want to say this to you. What would it have been like that night or that day to have been Simon and to have been an eyewitness of what the Lord done? Let me show you a couple things by way of introduction and then we'll get into this tonight. As we see this mirror, and see what happens in it. I'll say this tonight. In seeing the miracles of the Lord Jesus Christ and as we began to study the Lord and as we see God work even in our own personal lives, there is some things that will happen. Can I say this by way of introduction? There was an awareness of sinfulness. What did he say in verse number 8? When Simon Peter saw it, he he fell down at Jesus' feet, saying, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. And I want to say this to you tonight. Peter, at that moment, was not simply um, trying to be disrespectful to the Lord, but here is what he was saying. After I have seen you and saw you, can I say it this way, in your glory, performing the things that you can do, it has showed me just how how wicked and vile and low that I am and as a sinful man as I am I have no business being in your presence. You see when we see the Lord for who he is we'll say the same thing tonight. I don't understand why the great God of heaven would allow us to enter into his presence and to commune with him and him commune with us so when Peter saw him that day, there was an awareness of his sinfulness. I think about this tonight. You remember the story in Isaiah 6? And Isaiah said, Here am I, send me. You know what he said in Isaiah 5? He said on three or four different occasions, he said, Woe unto them, woe unto them, woe unto them. But in chapter number 6 of Isaiah, what happened? Isaiah got a glimpse of the Lord. And what did he say when he got a glimpse of the Lord. He said, Woe is me, for I am undone because I am a man of unclean lips, and I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips. For mine eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. Job expressed the same sentiment when he said this in Job 42. He said, I have heard of thee by the hearing of the ear, but now mine eyes seeth thee. 
thee. Wherefore I abhor myself and repent in dust and ashes. Let me say this to you tonight. When we see the Lord for who he is, it should bring us to the realization of how sinful we really are. When Peter saw him that day, that's exactly what happened. Can I say this? There was not only the awareness of sinfulness, but there was the astonishment of the fisherman. There was the astonishment of the fisherman. Look what your Bible said in verse number 9. For he was astonished and all that were with him at the drought of the fishes which they had taken. And so was also James and John the sons of Zebedee. You know what happened that day? They was astonished at what the Lord had done. I want to say this to you tonight. Have you ever prayed for something to happen and after praying, man, you went about your day and the next day you prayed about it again and you went about your day and the next day you prayed about it again and then all of a sudden you got a phone call and that very exact thing took place and happened. You know what we done? A week ago Sunday morning we prayed for Miss Helen right here that God would help her and that if it be his will that that cancer would be dormant and in a frozen state. And you know what happened yesterday? I was driving up the road in the church van and my phone rang and it was Miss Tanya and I knew they was going to get the news uh, so I answered the phone and Miss Tanya was crying on the other end and I thought oh no brother Tim this isn't good and I said well Miss Tanya what is the news and she said preacher it's frozen <laughs> I'm about to get happy it's frozen it's at a dormant state and you know what we do well I can't believe that well is that not what we asked God for is that not what we prayed for God to do and just a little bit, Miss Haley said, Preacher, Mama got the news that everything's all right in the test that she had run. Can I say something to you? It's a God that is still working miracles in our day. And when we see God do what God does, it should drive us to our knees because of our sinful condition. But it should astonish us at how good God is and how glorious God is and how great God is. It astonishes me to see the miracles that God can do. That day they was astonished, man. I bet one of them looked over at the other and, and, and when his old brother Tom Fletcher used to do, wow, wow, can you believe that? Can you believe, man, I tell you what, uh, I, I, I guess the best day I've ever had on Lake Norman was early one morning uh, back several years ago, me and Brother David Edwards, and one morning by about 11.30 or 12 o'clock caught 52, and you know what, man, we was astonished. We was tickled to death, man. That's a good Norman or a good morning. That's a good Norman. That's a good morning on Norman, isn't it, Brother Brent, man? And you know what? We was excited, but think about these men. Think about this. Some said this. Now, uh, you got to be careful reading after commentators. It's Wednesday night. I'm supposed to be teaching. You got to be careful reading after commentators because sometimes they just, they're just wrong. They're just wrong. One of them I was reading after on this, he said this was not even a miracle. He said it was nothing uncommon to see great, great big droves of fishes uh, uh, in this sea. That was nothing uncommon. And can I say this to you tonight? They may have seen a lot of fishes around this sea right here, but when the fishermen themselves, this is what these boys do for a living. 
They fished for a living. And look what the Bible said. Simon Peter was a professional fisherman. And the Bible said this. He was what? He was astonished. It's what the miracles of God will do. I got to get out of the introduction. Watch this. I see this. I see the awareness of sinfulness. What will miracles do? I see the astonishment of the fishermen. But then I see this. The appointment to service. And, and here's why I want to start centering in at and really preaching tonight. The appointment to service. Look what the Bible said. The Bible said this in verse number 11. For when they had brought their ship to land, they forsook all and followed him. They, he said, hey, Peter, won't you follow me? You know what he done? He forsook all and followed him. Here's what I thought about. And, and, and I'll get to the message here in just a second. But this appointment of service, I thought about this. The pardon for service. Look in verse number 10. He said, fear not. He said, look what he said. And so was also James and John, the sons of Zebedee. They were partners with Simon. And Jesus said unto Simon, fear not. From henceforth thou shalt catch men. He said, listen, fear not. The comforting statement was made to Peter who was bowed at the feet of Christ in fear. Do you remember the verses just prior to it? He said, Lord, I, I'm unworthy. And you know what? Can I just say this to you tonight? Whenever we see ourselves in the sin sick state it is, it should drive us to our knees in the presence of a holy God. But aren't you glad that there is a God that pardons our past? Study Peter's life. Matter of fact, some people you read after and talk to thinks that Peter was the bodyguard of the Lord Jesus Christ. Who was it that cut the soldier's ear off? You hear me? They think that he was a form of a bodyguard. We know he was hot-headed. I mean, there's still hope for me. Peter was hot-headed too. We know that he was hot-headed. We know he's got a sinful, sinful past. And you know what the Lord said? He said, your pardon, man. He said, fear not. I thought about this. There was the pardon for his service. There was the promise for his service. From henceforth thou shalt catch men. I thought about this. There was the price of service. What did the Bible say? Here's what the Bible said. They forsook all. Now I'm getting to where I'm going. They forsook all. I thought about this. There was the path of service. And follow me. And follow me. He said, here's what you're going to have to do. He said, I'm giving you a promise. I'm going to allow you to catch men. But here's what you got to do. You got to forsake all and follow me. You've got to forsake all and follow me. Now, if you've shouted, you've had time to shout. There probably won't be much shouting from here on out. He said, you've got to forsake all. Forsake all. Forsake all and follow me. Here's what we say so many times, Brother Ramsey, as preachers. Lord, as long as I can stay in my comfort zone, I'll be glad to preach anywhere you want me to preach. Lord, as, I don't, as long as I don't have to move to Durka Durkistan, I, I, I'm just fine. Lord, as long as I don't have to go to Africa and, and, and work with Miss Larner and, and, and Brother, how do you say his last name? It ain't Benji. Somebody said, Bergie. Brother Bergie. Is that it? 
That's what Taylor said, so it's as good as Webster's. <laughs> Brother Bergie, as long as I don't have to go there, Lord, I'll serve you. Lord, I surrender to preach as long as I don't have to travel across the world. Lord, just let me reach my Jerusalem. You know what he said? Forsake all. He said, you said, preach, I thought we were talking about miracles. I am talking about miracles. And when we see Christ do what Christ can do, you know what Peter did? He forsook all. Here's something that I have found very interesting. Here's something that I have found very interesting in studying miracles. The ones that I've studied so far in great depth, which is just a few, but it always fell back on somebody else to be obedient to Christ. You know what? He done this great miracle. And, and here was the thing. Here was the thing. Peter could have saw that and fell at Jesus' feet. And when Jesus said, forsake all and follow me, then Peter could have said, that's as far as I'm willing to go, Lord. I'm not willing to go any further. But there was this promise that he gave them. You're going to catch men. When I read that, I thought about this. He said, my word will not return void. Here's what he said. If I be lifted up, I will draw all men unto me. So can I tell you something tonight as preachers? Can I tell you something tonight as Sunday school teachers? Can I tell you something tonight as soul winners? Can I tell you something? If we'll lift him up, if we'll lift him up, you know what he said he would do? That would not return void and that he would draw men unto him. You know what? There's a lot of people today that's just like that lady of Samaria that was at Jacob's well that day. They're living a life of sin. They're in the world and what they need is a miracle from the Lord Jesus Christ. God's already done a miracle in my life. I know what he's done for me. May God help us now to forsake all and say, Lord, because what you've done for me, how you've blessed me, of the many things you've poured out in my life, I'll now forsake all and I'll follow you, Lord. I'll do what you have for me to do. I'll do what you have for me to do. He said, forsake all and follow me. And I say this to you tonight. Our life should be centered around following him. Our life should not be centered around following a, a denomination. Now, I'm an independent premillennial white horse riding Baptist from the top of my head to the bottom of my feet. And you say, if you wasn't that, what would you be? I'd be ashamed. That's what I am. I'm not ashamed of being that. But can I tell you something? If all the independents go away from him, I'm going with him. I am. I'm going with him. It's not about following a church. I've said this before and i say it again. I don't mean this ugly. I don't mean this rude. I'm not here to see you tonight. I'm glad that you're here. I'm glad that it's more than my wife and my children here. I'd have preached on children, obey your parents and the Lord, and wives be submissive to your husbands if that's all that have been here. But can I say something? I'm glad that you're here. But I didn't come tonight to see you. I come to see him. Can I tell you something tonight? I don't knock on doors just to build Amazing Grace Baptist Church. I knock on doors because I want to live my life to please him tonight. That's what, he said, follow me. And then he gives us this great promise. If you'll do that, 
If you'll do that, if you'll do that, I'll give you fruit for your labor. Think about this tonight. It all comes, the, the closing of this miracle come down to one word, obedience. Obedience. Y'all remember that song? I don't know if y'all have ever sung it before. Obedience is the very best way to show that you believe. Y'all, y'all ever sung that before? You know, whenever I, I am uh, typing or whenever I'm texting something and I get to that word, I always go, O-B-E-D-I-E-N-C-E. Obedience is the very best way to show that you believe. That's the, way, that's the only way I know how to spell obedience. I don't have to tell that in the Siri. <laughs> it all come down to one thing. When they saw what Christ had done, Are you with me? When they saw what Christ had done, Christ then turns and gives them the challenge. Will you go with me? Will you follow me? Will you forsake all and follow me? Obedience tonight. Let me show you. It's 7.53. Give me just two, five, six, seven minutes. Number one. Here's the message tonight. Number one, the obedience was prompt. The obedience was prompt. He said, Fear not, from henceforth thou shalt catch men. And when they had brought their ships to land, and when they had brought their ships to land, they went and got a stake. They went and seen seven people. They went and played golf for the last time and then followed him. Their obedience was prompt. You know what happened? Immediately, they forsook all. Their obedience was prompt tonight. Can I say this to you tonight? It's very important that our obedience to Christ is prompt. I've said this before. I love preaching through the book of Jonah. I don't know how many times I've preached through it. I love studying the book of Jonah, and I love preaching through the book of Jonah. Matter of fact, Dad's wrote a great book on the book of Jonah. I'll give him every outline that's in it. But that book of Jonah, I've said this many times in preaching through that book. I wonder those three days that Jonah wasn't there. I wonder how many people in Nineveh died and went to hell those three days. Why? Because he was not prompt in his obedience. He was not prompt in his obedience. You ever drove by somebody's house and the Lord said, stop and pay them a visit? I was coming up the road the other day and I was coming up prison camp road. I seen a feller sitting outside on his porch. I kept going. Honestly, the Lord didn't say nothing to me about it. I kept going. The next day I came through there and the same guy was sitting on the same porch. The next day I come through there, the same guy was sitting on the same porch. You know what I'd done that day? The Lord spoke to my heart. I went up the road just a little ways. I turned around. I came back. I pulled up in his yard. And, and I didn't have a suit on. I, 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 was, I was dressed just like an everyday man, I guess if you want to say it that way. I just had an old pair of pants on, an old shirt on. I got out, an old ball cap, and I walked up to him, and I said, hey, look, I, I know I don't look like it right now, but I'm the pastor of Amazing Grace Baptist Church down next to the old Franklin house. Oh, I know where that's at. It's amazing how many people know where that's at. I don't know why, but they do, because they do, he didn't look like no historian. And, and I said, hey, listen, man, I'd love for you to come go to church with me one Sunday morning. 
well, preacher, I, you know, I, I don't know about that. And he had these, these alcohol cans everywhere. And I said, I'm going to tell you something, man. You'd be my honored guest. And I said, as far as that goes, if you want to, you can sit right up on the platform in the chair that I sat in the whole service and sit right beside me while the choir's singing. I want you to come go to church with me. Can I say something to you tonight, church? I know what God can do. At that point in Peter's life, now I understand that there's more than Peter, but the center is on Peter right here. He's talking about Peter. Can I say this to you? At that point in Peter's life, Peter has saw something like he's never seen before. Peter has just witnessed an eye encounter with the Lord Jesus Christ and witnessed firsthand what Christ can do. You know what Peter says? Lord, now that I've seen what you can do, yes, sir, Lord, I'll forsake all and I'll follow you. I thought about this. The obedience was prompt, but watch this. The obedience was visible. The obedience was visible. A great crowd of people were on the shore for Christ had just been teaching them. So they would be watching the action of Peter that day. And can I say this to you? It was visible. Everybody, oh preacher, I'll serve God as long as nobody sees me. I, don't, I just can't find that in the Bible. I just can't find that. It was visible. Let me, let me show you this last one, number three. The obedience was complete. It was complete. You said, preacher, how do you get that? Because they forsook all. And look back in verse number six. And when they had this done, when they had this done, Miss Stanley, if you don't care, come start playing something. Soft. When they had this done, when they had done what? When they had done exactly what Jesus said do. He said, throw your nets out on the other side. When they had done this, when they had done what Christ said do, when they had done what Christ said do, then Christ done the unbelievable in their life. You said, preacher, it's been a while since I've seen the unbelievable. Maybe you're not doing what Christ said do. The obedience was complete. They done exactly what Christ said do. You remember the story of Peter's mother-in-law, don't you? It's what happens to her. She's sick. And anybody knows what? Anybody remembers what happens to her? She gets healed. I wonder if that would happen if Peter had not followed the Lord. His obedience was complete. He went all the way with Christ. Once we see what he can do, that miracle, it should cause us to sell out, as the old timers would say, lock, stock, and barrel, and give it all to Christ. Can I tell you something tonight? I don't own anything. It's all his. I don't own that house right down there. You say, well, preacher, you're the one that bought it whenever you moved up here. And I preacher, that? No, I don't own that. I said, Lord, if you'll let me have it, I'll give it back to you. I don't own my children. I give them back to the Lord right after they was born. I, I don't own nothing. I, 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 give him a, I give him everything. That's the way we should be in our life. It is complete obedience to him.
You remember. You remember the story in the book of Acts. See, it's chapter 2 or chapter 4. I think it's chapter 2. Day of Pentecost, chapter 2. Acts, chapter number 2. That day of Pentecost. Now, I would have loved to been the fly on the back of a camel or a donkey that day. 3,000, Brother Aaron. 3,000 in one service. 3,000 in one service get saved. 3,000. <laughs> wow. I mean, you know, I'm just about to shout on that, and it happened thousands of years ago. 3,000. And let me tell you what God does. I'm not putting man on a pedestal. It's all God. But you know what? The Bible said that God chose by the foolishness of what? Preaching. You know what God had to do that day? God had to find a man that would stand up in the power and the unction of the Holy Ghost of God and thunder out a divine, thus saith the Lord, right there on the day of Pentecost. God had to find somebody that was lock, stock, and barrel sold out to preach that day. I don't think that God would have called up Benny Hinn. I figured I'd at least got one amen on that. I don't believe that he would have called up Joel Osteen. He was looking for a man with a power of God on his life that had forsook all and followed him. And there was this old feller that was still rough. Matter of fact, he cut the ear of a soldier off. He denied Christ and even cussed. I'm not giving you a license to go out and cuss and cut somebody's ear off. I'm just being honest with you. But something happened back there in Luke chapter number 2 that day on that boat that he never got away from. And you know who stands up that day in Acts chapter number 2 full of the Holy Ghost and thunders out the Word of God who God used that day to proclaim His Word and the Holy Ghost descended and 3,000 God saved. Guess who it was? That old cussing fisherman named Peter. What about that? Let me tell you the reason why. Because he had a complete obedience to the Lord. I want to ask you this question tonight. Have you forsook all? You said, preacher, I'm saved. I understand you say, can I say something to you tonight? I was saved. I was saved for five years and have been preaching three years before I completely surrendered to his will for my life. Now, don't fall out with me. Just being honest with you. I was 21 years old. Leslie and I just got married, and he was at a missions conference at Turner's Creek Baptist Church. Brother Curtis Gibson was preaching. And Leslie and I went to the altar and forsook all. Said, whatever it is, Lord, God is my witness tonight. If God told me tonight to resign this church and to go to the mission field, I promise you, I promise you, 
that I'd obey the Lord because I'd be a whole lot safer in the middle of Durka Durkistan than I would be right here. That we forsake all. That we give it all to Him. Only one life. Only one life will soon be passed. And all that's done for Christ is all that's going to last, church. But Dakota, it's not going to matter what kind of vehicle I drove. I'm thankful. I've got a beautiful vehicle. The church is so good to me. I drive a beautiful truck. The church bought me and pays for everything. I'm so thankful for that. But it's not going to matter at the end of the road, Brother Matthew, that that's what I drove. It's not going to matter that I've got a Jack Victor suit on tonight that the church bought me, one of the highest price suits that there is that the church bought me. That's not going to matter tonight. It's not going to matter that I've got a Jay-Z gallery tie on tonight that the church bought me. Let me tell you what's going to matter. What's going to matter is if I've obeyed Him and I've done what He's told me to do and forsook all and followed Him. Obedience is the key to those miracles when it comes to us. What will we do after the miracle's been performed in our